This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate podcast. I am your host, Mike Ellison. It was a good Super Bowl. It was a very good Super Bowl. Because I won money, and that's what matters. That is the only thing that ever matters when it comes to the Super Bowl, is whether or not you won money. The game can suck. Nobody actually cares if the game is compelling, if the game is worthwhile. It's all about the money, and if you if you think otherwise, you're wrong. You're just wrong. You don't understand what... This great sporting event is all about. It's about money. And that's why the NFL is actually looking into um, charging. They want to make the uh, the Super Bowl a pay-per-view. And the thing is, we'll all pay for it. Because we're all a bunch of suckers. And we love the Super Bowl. And we're going to pay. We'll give, them their, we'll give them our money. So then we can do box pools and try to win back some of our own money it's, it's always about money it's never about anything else so yeah it was a good Super Bowl because of that I wasn't very happy with the ending I will say that I, I don't like I don't understand how these people are out there defending the refs calling the holding penalty on that last drive now obviously I just did an episode a couple weeks ago where I broke down how everything's not a conspiracy and it's not rigged, it's not fixed, and I don't believe it to be rigged or fixed. So let's get that out of the way real quick. But that just because it's not rigged or fixed doesn't mean you can't criticize the referees. The, the officiating in the NFL deserves to be criticized all the time it should be criticized year-round. There should be people whose job is to full-time bash the referee referees in officiating, not just in the NFL, really in all sports, because it needs to be put in check. These clowns that make the fucking, you know, that enforce the rules think that they're the spectacle, and they're not. So... You know, I I hear I'm here to tell you that I thought that holding call was it was ticky tack. It was it, you know it's what well, did he grab jersey? Yes, yes he did. But the reality is that you shouldn't call that penalty in that moment. You don't call that penalty in that moment. You do not call a fucking penalty that essentially ends the game with under two minutes left in the Super Bowl. It just shouldn't happen. Um, and anybody that wants to argue with me that, no, it should have happened, it's the right call. Like these fucking teacher don't forget the homework type. Who, by the way, they're all just rooting for the Chiefs. Every one of them, I'm having arguments with these douchebag Giants fans on Facebook, like an old man. Like I, This is how I live my lives now is I'm attacking Giants fans who are like, it was the right call, fuck the Eagles. It's like, yeah, because you're not biased at all. 
You're not fucking uh, showing that you have an obvious uh, slant in your way of thinking. No, believe it or not, the Eagles earned their way to the game by stomping out your Giants. And, uh, yeah, you know, they deserve to be treated uh, fairly in the game because to tell me that that was the first holding call of the day is really, you know, it's a little ridiculous. That's the thing with the NFL is that you can call holding on every play. You really can. Like Every official says this. All, all the ex-players say it. You can call holding on every play in the league because at some point or another, a defensive or an offensive lineman is grabbing some jersey. These guys are hitting each other every play. They're all trying to get a little bit of an advantage. You're trying to take what you can get. And to say that the uh, Chiefs offensive line that held the Eagles to no sacks, which, by the way, uh, that is the best defensive line in football. Four guys all over 10 sacks each. Monsters. Absolute fucking wrecking crew all year long. Now all of a sudden they're... The Chiefs just found some magical way to block them. You know, I don't want to uh, knock the Chiefs. Like, they they played a great game. They played a great game, and they were a deserving champion. You know, they they made it that far. They made the comeback. They made the adjustments in the second half. So, like, I'm not trying to knock them and say, like, they didn't deserve to win. No. I'm just saying that Philly deserved a chance to tie it or win. Imagine how much more compelling that game is, is if it's 38-35 Chiefs and there's a minute 30 left, the Eagles have one timeout and the ball, and they got a chance to come down to either kick the game-tying field goal or, dare I say, score the game-winning touchdown. That makes for a much more compelling ending, a much more compelling ending no matter what happens. No matter if the Chiefs stop them, if the Eagles score a touchdown, if the fucking Eagles kick a field goal, the game is better because of it. It's a more compelling, it goes down as one of the best Super Bowls in the fucking history of the game. But instead, no, flag. Teacher, can we get our homework? These fucking losers. Rooting for a shittier outcome because they're afraid that their fucking rival might win the Super Bowl. And here's a guy in myself that has watched the Jets my whole life, and I hate the Patriots, and I've had to watch Tom Brady win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. And I never rooted for him, of course. I've never wanted to watch him win. I don't want to watch him when he was with the Bucks. You know, like, I, I didn't care. It's still Brady. He's still the enemy. I still don't want him to win. I'm never going to be. I'm not rooting for him. I don't care if he's playing fucking around a golf and somehow it's televised. I'm not rooting for Tom Brady. Like, I'm never doing it. The whole point is I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, he hasn't played in some compelling Super Bowl games. That Seahawks-Patriots one where they should have handed it off to Marshawn Lynch and instead they threw it and he got picked off was a really good game. Uh, the uh, the Falcons-Patriots game where the Patriots made the miraculous comeback down 28-3. to 
As much as it pained me, I didn't bet the, the Falcons in the game. I had the over. So the Patriots' comeback actually gave me the win on my bet. And I think I hit a box. Or, maybe. I don't know if I did. doesn't matter. Well, actually, it does matter because that's the, um, you know, the, bar- the barometer of a good Super Bowl is did you win money, as we discussed. But it doesn't matter in the sense of just the conversation where my point is I've never rooted for the Patriots ever in a championship game, and I never would. And I don't blame the Eagles haters, Giants fans, Cowboys fans, Washington football team fans. I understand that you're not going to root for your enemy, but to sit back and say it wouldn't have been a more interesting, more compelling ending if the Eagles get that ball back down three, you're just lying to yourself, and you know I'm right. And that's the way it should be decided. Championships should be decided by the players on the field, not some dude in a fucking striped zebra shirt. Nobody's here to watch them. So, yeah, that's my little rant about the uh, Super Bowl. But it was overall, it was, it was a fun game. Uh, especially uh, sweating out that field goal that won me a lot of money before halftime. Oh, I was dancing around the room like a fucking maniac. Bunt, jumping up and down. Everybody around me was like, he's gone insane. But, you know, $3,000 is enough to make me go insane. That we figured out the number. That's really, that's really it. Three grand is enough to make me go bounce, bouncing off the walls. What else happened during the Rihanna super preggers, huh? She looked pretty, uh, pretty knocked up for, you know, uh, I had her in like the Missy Elliott, Missy Elliott uniform, whatever that was, dangling from fucking shit. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to the fucking halftime show. I was eating wings. That's what I was doing during the halftime show. I was stuffing my face with more chicken wings because that's what I needed to do. That's what I mean. That's what most men are doing during the halftime show. You're never really paying attention. You usually, that's when, you know, it's a smoke break for people or bathroom break or you go load up your plate with some more food. You know, it, you don't really pay attention to the halftime show. That's for the, uh, to the ladies. It, you know, I mean, honestly, that's really what it is for. They should always gear the halftime show towards what women want because it's not something like men are watching for the most part you know I mean you gave us all the the great you know classic rappers last year in LA when you did Snoop and fucking Dr. Dre that was that was pretty cool I appreciate it but it's also like one of those things where you know they only have like 15 minutes they have 15 minutes to put on some sort of performance you know you're not going to get all of the songs. You know you're not going to get uh, everything you want to hear. You're just going to get some of the quick verses, and they're going to keep it moving. I'm just overall not that compelled. But, hey, if it 
makes the world happy. Give the ladies Rihanna. And I'm good with it. As long as I can watch the fucking rest of the game, I'm very happy. Um, What else happened during this? Oh, well, the other thing that needs to be discussed after the Super Bowl is we, we have to have a long conversation as a society about Travis Kelsey, the tight end on the Chiefs. This guy is out of control. He's out of control. He's out of his fucking mind. He's out there after the game. He's he's talking all this shit, and I have no problem. Like, I get it. You can talk shit. You won. Victors go to the spoils. All that. But he um he really bothered me with what he said at the parade, at the victory parade. He was talking about how nobody believed in the Chiefs and Nobody thought, oh, everybody said we weren't even going to make the playoffs. Like, who's everybody? I want to know who everybody is. I have no idea who this fictional group of everybody is. But I'm pretty sure it's um, a lot smaller than what he's making it out to be. Because I couldn't, I mean, you got to be fucking kidding me. He's uh, honestly, he's got me all riled up about this because it's like I'm tired of people trying to make themselves out to be underdogs when they're not the actual underdog. You know, uh, everybody wants to make it seem like their trials and tribulations are harder than everybody else's. But when you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you are, uh, you know, one of the best teams in football for the past decade, basically, and. In the past five years, you have the best quarterback in uh, the league. It's kind of hard to say that you you were the underdog, that nobody believed in you, and uh, you know that you didn't stand a chance. Because even when you were an underdog, which they were a dog in the game, they were what a one and a half point dog, a one point dog by kickoff. Like that is not. You're not the same as you know. The Giants who beat the undefeated Patriots. There you go, Giants fans. I I made a compliment to your team in the same podcast where I insulted you. Um, but you know, that's it, it, this is what happens, and you can't do anything about it. You can't you can talk shit a little bit, I guess, like I'm doing, but ultimately, you just got to tip your hat because they won, so they can really say and do whatever the fuck they want. And I just want my team to be there sometime. Hopefully, we can find a way to get a quarterback. But, you know, uh, it was a good Super Bowl because I won money. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's all it really needs to be uh, accounted for was the money. It's always about the money. That's what Travis Kelsey forgets that that's what I get mad about Travis Kelsey forgets that it's it's not about some underdog story or who believed in you and who didn't believe in you it's about making a bunch of fucking money and you know I made a bunch of fucking money in you know in in comparison to my own world here not quite the bunch of fucking money 
Travis Kelsey uh, just made. Probably a lot of endorsement deals and whatnot. But, uh, you know, that's what it's about, Travis. It's not about which one of you or your brother hugged your mom first or whatever nonsense you're spewing about how believed in you. People think you're the best tight end that's ever played the game of football. Nobody believes in you. Enough already with this scrappy underdog fucking narrative. It's the podcast sensation sweeping the nation. It's called the Total Degenerate Podcast. You should be listening to it. As a matter of fact, if you're listening, if you're hearing this, that means you're doing the right thing because you are listening to it. This is the podcast. It's a great podcast. It's a fun podcast. It's a podcast for the family. It's a podcast for your soul. It's a podcast for, uh, instead of church, you should, you should skip church and listen to this. It's going to make you feel good. Uh, everybody enjoys it. Nobody's ever said a negative word about it. There's absolutely nothing really to criticize. Honestly, if you're attempting to, uh, criticize perfection you're just you're a fool you're an idiot you don't know you don't know anything about art you're gonna try to tell me the Mona Lisa isn't a good it isn't a good piece of art because this is the Mona Lisa of podcasts this is you know a, I I would say I'm kind of like Vincent Van Gogh I'm not going to cut my own ear off or anything, but I'm just saying I'm like a great artist who's perfected the craft of podcasting. Clearly, clearly this is perfection. And uh, yeah, you know, you should subscribe, rate, and review. You should tell your friends to listen to the podcast. You should uh, follow us on Instagram. The great, Instagram account of a generation at a total degenerate podcast on Instagram. So you get it. I had hoped so. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not being, uh, (laughs) I'm not being weird. That's for sure. Definitely not a weird call to action this week. It's been a, I'm, what I am being is very serious, very stoic, because I can't, everything on here can't be a joke, okay? It can't all be chuckle, chuckle, laugh time. Sometimes there's a moment for sincerity, a moment for sincerity, and this is that moment. So get it, get it together. And and adhere to these words. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Say nice things about me and how funny and entertaining I am. And, uh, yeah, tell your friends and all that stuff. Follow the Instagram. And as always, thank you. Yeah, it's going to be a short one this week, folks. 
I'm not even going to pretend to uh, sit back here and tell you that I got a lot on my my mind that I need to share because I really don't. Some weeks it comes easy. Some weeks it's an empty vessel sit, sitting sitting up to a microphone and just ranting and raving. And this is one of those. This is one of those where I'm forcing it out. I I got nothing. I'm at I'm just a fucking I'm I am a starved peasant basically just forcing out what I believe to be my art, I guess. <laughs> um screaming into a microphone. But I, I'm burnt out. I did a lot of comedy these past few days. I did like, I think in eight days. Uh, eight days, I did six shows. I did six. I got on stage six times in eight days, which is it's great. It's good, good pace. Um, But, you know, it, it wears on you. It, it drags you down a little bit. And my brain is just not f- firing on all cylinders right now. And like, I mean, earlier today, I like wrote a couple of new jokes. And I was thinking about going to the mic. I was like, I'm going to go to the mic tonight and I'm going to try the new jokes. Then I'll go home and do the podcast. And then I was like, it, if I did all of that again today, I, I think I'm going to. I don't think I'll pass out in the middle of recording the podcast. I'm not even going to be able to uh, muster it up because, you know, uh, sometimes you got to understand that a starving artist like myself, uh, you know, we, we just, we're just human. (laughs) Such a ridiculous complaint. It's so dumb, you know, like it really is. Like I have to call myself out on how dumb it sounds to say this shit. But there is some level of truth to it. Like I'm just saying that like it's funny that there's guys who make their jobs and, you know, make their way in life by like carrying bricks upstairs. You know what I mean? Dude has to carry cinder blocks up fucking 10 flights of stairs every day for five days a week for a month straight fucking 50 hours back breaking intense labor and he doesn't fucking bitch it at all the end of his day he fucking sparks up a cigarette and goes who wants to go out for a beer or you know fucking he just goes home he has a fucking slab of fucking Salisbury steak and Passes out watching some, the same television show that he's watched for the same fu- for fucking years now. Wakes up the next morning, makes himself a cup of coffee and goes and does it all again. But I have to do, I have to tell fucking fart jokes at a paint place for fucking 12 minutes on a Saturday night. And now I'm like, oh, oh my God. I can't go on with my art. I must. I must have the time off. I need to regroup. I don't have. I just don't have it in me. 
I really don't. I mean, it's like <laughs> there's truth to it because I feel like I don't have it in me. I this is all I have in me is to just stream of consciousness rant about how I have nothing. But it was a fun week. You know, I, I spent a lot of time around other comics, and I think that's a very important part of uh, getting better as a comedian is you have to spend time around other comedians, not even, especially ones that, you know, are not your style. Like, there's a couple of dudes that are completely off the rails different for me, but they're funny, you know? They're still funny, and you you just, you fucking... You absorb energy. There's like an energy to the thing where everybody, everybody's trying to out funny the person next to them. So you're always constantly on guard to be as funny as fucking possible. And I think it, it benefits everybody. Uh, somebody said it and I, I fucking somebody said it last week at one of the mics and it sounds corny, but it, it made sense. It was something with the. It was like high tide raises all ships or some shit. I think that's the the quote that he said. And yeah, you know, and that's pretty. It's some some smarter person than me said that deep shit and was like, "Wow." I really am just drained. <laughs> Not even just fucking bleh. But, uh, yeah, he said that, and I think it's true. I think it uh, there's a lot of truth to it. That So that's why I'm, I like hanging around comics. But at the same time, though, I fucking hate hanging around comics. <laughs> you know, there's a reason I hate hanging around comedians. And it's not because... It's because of the select few, right? It's because of the loud minority in the room. And that is... There's always a couple of just fucking crazy people. Comedy, it it needs a, a level of crazy, right? You have to be a little bit of a silly, silly goose to go out on a stage and basically talk about your dick, you know, whatever it is. Like there's, and trust me, there's a lot of, as a guy who's done a lot of Long Island comedy this past week, there's a lot of those a lot of dudes getting on stage who just want to talk about their dick. And um, they're nuts. They're nuts, and you can't avoid them. They're going to be at every mic. They're going to be at every show. And it's very, very frustrating to deal with, uh, especially considering... Uh, like, for the most part, I, I will say, I think everybody's pretty cool, pretty supportive, uh, easy to get along with. But the, the few that I talk about, that the ones that I'm bashing, they're like, they like to pretend that they're somehow gatekeepers. Like, they're, they're, um, they're somehow high and mighty in, inside the scene, and therefore, you need their approval to uh move up the ranks it's a little obnoxious and it's always you can always kind of tell 
who the asshole is really quickly. Like, um, because everybody gets a sense of it. Uh, you know, whether, whether they even did something douchey or not, you just see the way others interact with them. Like you see the interactions between the majority are very friendly, cordial back and forth, you know? And then there's those couple that just, they kind of sit off to the corner and they just kind of wait to be a dick. They're just kind of waiting there, lingering in the sh- in the shadows to be a condescending douchebag to somebody they don't really know anything about. And they want to lecture them on what they what they need to do different in comedy or whatever, whatever their fucking ranting and raving is that of that day you know sometimes it's not always a critique on your style which that's the thing is people critique each other's styles all the time like that's that's okay like it's fun to talk about the way different comedians approach things you know like ultimately what our all of our goal is is to be funny so um as long as we achieve, you know, or as long as we're achieving the same goal, you can go about it in a various amount of different ways. Like you could be a punched up, you know, everything's punched up and you just do quick one liners and here's your, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline. You could be that type of guy. You could be a storyteller. You can be, you know, you can be a physical comedian where like, you know, your shit you're doing with your body and your face and stuff. You know, you could be a mix of it all. It doesn't fucking matter. Just go up there and be funny. But what I don't want is is to deal with some of these dudes who think that they are like the next Richard Pryor or George Carlin. Meanwhile, they can't they can't get a 30 person audience in bohemia to laugh and then they're like they come off the stage and like make excuses like oh yeah they just these people just suck tonight they just fucking suck it's like yeah they they all suck instead of just you you know (laughs) it's mean but it's true who's what's more likely one person sucks the one person with the microphone sucked and everybody reacted to that sucking or all 30 people sucked and they just turned on the microphone person. I don't know. I'm no expert. <laughs> anyway, all right. I see I've reached the, the, the landmark I wanted to get to, which, which is 30. So I'm going to be, because I'm an artist and I must rest my brain. Until next week.